This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Well, hi, you're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 145, sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, HeavyInk.com, and eMusic. That was really well done. Oh, I was being silly. Bells are chiming for victory. There's a page back in history, 45. They came back to the world that they fought for. Turn out just like they thought 45 Here is the song to say 
it's the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 145. I don't know where that came from. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm here with uh, Ron. Hey. Yes, and uh, Connor. Hello. There you guys are. Good to hear from you. Good on From you. the bottom of my heart. Uh, iFanboy.com is a website about comic books that we started because we like them very much. Each week we uh, read uh, all the comics that come out. Not all of them. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, and then uh, one of us, from all the books that he buys, picks the book that he liked the best, the one that made his heart sing the most. And they uh, then will write a review on the site that goes up Wednesday night. And then we come here and we record this podcast. We talk about that book and we talk about other notable books from the week and answer uh, nerd questions. Uh, we're nerds too, so it's totally cool. Um, before we go, we're going to talk about the books from the week. So if you haven't read them, we do not repeat we do not want to wreck that for you. We want you to enjoy that experience as we have. Uh, so if you haven't read them yet, come back later or use the show notes to skip around to things until you can listen to it properly. Connor, man, I totally wasn't surprised. Go ahead. Pick of the week was Final Crisis number three. And it's interesting. I was thinking about it as I was reading this, which we're getting to the point now where we have to completely divorce ourselves from continuity because like, Final Crisis isn't going to affect anything until it affects everything, apparently. Like if you're reading every other. <laughs> that was a great sentence, by the way. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, are you going to be the White House spokesperson now? That's... That was, no, that was such a Grant Morrison sentence. It's not going to affect anything until it affects everything. It's like what? <laughs> well, because like it's supposed to change everything, right? But you don't you don't know what's going on unless you're reading the book itself. The right. same way there's a lot of other books in Marvel that like Secret Invasion doesn't really touch any of the other books except for the ones with the Secret Invasion banner on it. So you kind of have to figure. All right, nothing's nothing's gonna connect, and you have to just go with it. Because Final Crisis, you would think, would affect every other book because every character's in here and getting basically fucked up. So you had to By just the go way, with it. Good choice, because I am fine to let this story play out and then let the other books do what they're doing and then catch up later. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Until, until until the switch is flipped, and then you're like, suddenly all the books are different. What what happened? Yeah, that but, happens every two years. Um, Final Crisis number three. This is uh, part three of seven of the Grant Morrison, J.G. Jones Final Crisis series. And in this issue, we finally get to see that Darkseid's plans are unfolding, and we get to see all the stuff that he's been uh, working on and has planned for the for the heroes. And we see that they are that they're screwed. They're, they've lost the battle before it's even begun. But they don't know it yet. And um, I love the sense of just dread in this book. There's every page. There's nothing heroic going on because every page you just get the sense that this is a doomed cause that the heroes are fighting in, but they don't realize it because they're fighting on like heroes do. But in the meantime, we know from watching all the different scenes that, that they might as well not be fighting because it's already the battle's already over. And here we see um, Darkseid has managed to orchestrate the removal of Superman, Batman, all the Green Lanterns, and basically Wonder Woman in this issue as well as seal off the planet via the Alpha Lanterns so that no one can get in or out of the planet to either escape or to help the heroes. And we see there's a, a virus is released through every single email in the world, as well as through Wonder Woman herself. And, Wait, do um, not reply all. You know what I mean? Somebody Sorry. replied all and everyone got screwed. <laughs> do not reply to all. <laughs> look, look who's just joined us. It's Ron Richards, everyone. <laughs> See, the deal is I make a joke and then you laugh at it afterwards. <laughs> Not a minute later. <laughs> runs, on t- runs on time delay. And then we see through the flashes that, that they, they run into the future and they see that the battle's over and they, the heroes are heroes of loss. So here we were, we're, we're jumping around in time and there's just a sense of 
this this ball is moving forward and they can't stop it and it's moving to a place they don't want it to go and there's nothing they can do about it. We can only sit there and watch in dread as it gets it gets to that point. And um, for me, this is this is so much better than I had hoped it would be. This event, you know, I was worried going into it, but it's so it's so narrowly focused and so strongly put together. And Morrison's touching on stuff that he developed in '52 and stuff he developed in uh, that he gave to Jeff Johns to use in the Green Lantern books and stuff he developed in Seven Soldiers, and it's all coming together. It's almost in the same way that Bendis has been developing Secret Invasion for years. These are all concepts that Morrison's been dealing with for years too, and now they're all sort of coming together into a head with Final Crisis, and it was really good. The only negative I had for it was, this is the point where J.G. Jones is losing um, schedule. Like, he's, he's falling behind. You can see in the art is not as good as the first two issues. It's still very good. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because I noticed that there's the one page when, you know, when uh, Alan Scott Green Lantern, you know, uh, invokes the Title 10 or whatever it is to get all the... Title X. Title X, to, to, which is 10, right? But, okay. right, but but to, to draft all the superheroes and there's that page of the 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 room of superheroes and that page should be awesome but as you look deeper it's just like there's less and less detail as it get the page top like, down and it doesn't look so good yeah and, and my, my question was wasn't there supposed to be like backup stories or is that starting in the next issue or started next issues when Carlos Pacheco joins the book yeah. so that's probably when it starts but this is I mean you see the first two issues look really really good and then the third one was like ah oh, then the fourth issue he's He's going to do half the book. So yeah. that's the only unfortunate thing. And it really is unfortunate because I think a lot of the tone and the epic feel of the book has to do with the J.G. Jones art. No, but I don't, doesn't... I don't think they're taking away – I think what J.G. Jones is doing less pages and then Pacheco is doing a backup story. That's what I think that what they're doing with the book. I remember reading that months ago. That that, oh, we'll see. Yeah, they, 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 they extended the series to be seven issues instead of six or something like that. And, and J.G. Jones would be delivering less pages but there would be a backup story, which I thought was fine. So I don't know. A couple of – Couple things I really liked. One was I liked Alan Scott being the one who gathers all the heroes. I feel like he should be the one who who gathered all the heroes, and I think it's pretty badass that he's like the, agree. That's, the, that's a very the general. Um, I liked, um, although this didn't happen, but I, I thought it did. Was when they they cut to the heroes being drafted, and you see Black Canary sort of half dressed, and Ollie's in the bed. For a second, I thought Ollie was tied to the bed. I thought that's awesome. <laughs> I did too. I totally did too. <laughs> Because I thought, you know, that if any couple's going to be doing stuff like that all the time when they're not heroing, it's Ollie and, and Dinah's, but they, he's not tied to the bed. But I, I thought think that's it's interesting that, that she doesn't wear a sports bra under there, but instead sort of a lacy yeah, just, yeah, yeah. bra for her. I mean, because the outfit's ridiculous as it is, but, <laughs> you know. And he's wearing green boxers. Of course he is. Yeah. He doesn't know anything but she green clothes. And, and, and Aquaman's back on his giant seahorse, so. <laughs> but it's still, it's still Arthur up. from Maine, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What I love Does is anyone that they should, I even, I even scored that? a connection to the mysterious new Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> they tied this back to Cosmic Odyssey. Yeah. And you're not – everybody out there, We're gonna. there's a show that's going to be coming up next month, one of the video shows where we talk about it. But the whole anti-life equation and, and dark side, that's all in there. Yep. So that's something worth checking out. If you want to wait a little while, we'll be talking about it. You but want, You want to know what was my favorite moment? Um, I'm curious what you guys thought of it. But it was when um, – when what's his name? What is um what is the the purple mask guy? Not our man, the the villain. Libra. Libra. When Libra's in the Legion of Doom headquarters with the with the fat guy with the with the fire guy, and yeah. and he's giving him the helmet, the the little dark side helmet, and the guy's just like he he's trying to make sense of it, and then when he just jams it on his head, <laughs> just like, yeah, like, like and then he gets interrupted by Lex Luthor, and he's like oh oh sorry sorry I, uh, just I was just Lex Lex actually goes. Ahem. Yeah, exactly. It was like they totally got caught doing something illicit. And like, 
like it was just such a great little moment that I didn't expect at all. Like it was, <laughs> it was a, the helmet jamming was great, but it also ser- served to show that these bumbling villains that in the beginning we thought were ma- being made badass are just pawns to yeah. to, to the yeah. game that that Darkseid's playing. I also like Robert Mitchum, Jake Garrick for some reason. <laughs> Interesting. It was just I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't cast Robert Mitchum as Jay Garrick, but I kind of liked it. <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole new spin on the character. I never would picture his voice, you know, Mitchum's I, uh, voice coming out of Jay Garrick. But. I would like to address something, and Connor's always the person to say this, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. Now, I stopped reading Countdown. I stopped. I didn't read any of this stuff, and I don't really have a whole lot of background in this stuff. However, I will say I was not confused about who anybody was or what anything was happening in this issue. And I understand that some people have, and they've said, you know, we, you know, well, I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't think it was that bad. And at no point was I lost during this, you know, having read the first two issues, I guess. Yeah, I, I, th- you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I wasn't lost, and I thought it was stronger than the first two issues. Because, um, you know, because, again, you know, stuff was happening, you know, and it was yeah. – and, and I just thought – I thought the way the, the tapestry has been laid out in front of us, and now it's all getting kind of sewn together – um, mm-hmm. And I thought it, you know, the and Oracle and just like honestly, the, you know, like you love the call to arms and you love when the when the when the group comes together and you see how they've broken the heroes down and then with Wonder Woman being the last pawn and I don't know if I like what they did to Mary Marvel, but but whatever. I loved it. Uh, yeah. I like that they went all out with it because yeah. the fact is, it, I didn't think they were going to. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And 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 then you saw her show up and and like because I stopped reading Countdown so I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was reading it thinking, oh, at the end she's just going to be back to whatever. And no, she's she not. flew through people. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's I awesome. Got him. Yeah. I also I thought it was really interesting that you get to that one page that we were talking about earlier with all the heroes on it, which is not a wonderful page, and I feel like it should be. Um, I know most of the people on that page, and I was very proud of myself. Now, granted, eighty-five percent of it's just the JSA, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's JSA with, with Captain Marvel and Huntress. But still, uh, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, that was a lot, and I also it was really kind of odd. I mean, I really liked the I really liked the cliffhanger with with Barry and Wally, and and you know I got that okay we're in the future and the, these hounds like you know these dark side kind of you know hunters, um, but I, for some reason I just really liked at the end the way they handled the credits where it just said you have been reading no evil, like it was just yeah. I don't know that was, that was a little remind me of the filth but in a good way. All, all the design of this book is really good yeah, all, exactly, overall. Yeah. Yeah, I got the I got the cover um the the Wonder Woman cover. Oh, I got the Supergirl cover. Um, yeah. and I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, what's that? That's weird. And it didn't occur to me. So by the time I got to the last page, I was actually like, oh, I was actually taken aback by the last page because I was, it was, excuse me, it was interesting and it was, you know, like, I was, it was surprising. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. like, oh, Wonder Woman. And she's, she's not well. Yeah, no, it's just all very... Very, I mean, it's exciting. I think the, the thing about the, the information is it's all on the page that you need to follow this particular story. And the characters whose names you don't know, you don't necessarily need to know their names. You just need to know if they're good or bad. Right. I mean, I don't, I, mean know, I, mean, I don't know every character's name, but I know who's on what side. You know that, that's right. the most you important know, thing. The thing is, when I was younger, and, and, you know, even now to a certain extent, these, the, these are the kind of books that would teach me who people were and, and show me the, yeah. the breadth of everybody. You know, it's like, uh, you know, people complain that, that I, I've, I read this and I don't know who anybody is or anything, but that's no different for me than like one of those old G.I. Joe comics. And I'd it's read it. no and different like, whatsoever. And, and then you want to know who they are, you know, or like, who's that guy? He looks cool or whatever. And this is, you know, this is, for all intents and purposes, how you learn. So you can't write a book that only has people that everybody know, you know. Right, and there can't, be some, there can't be some level of exposition, there can't be, but I think he handled it in an elegant manner. So. Yeah, and it's hard for me to say because I know what I know, so I enjoyed it. Right. I don't know how much – I don't know. There, I'm sure there is a level of, of, of prior knowledge that somebody might, might have to have in order to really enjoy this. 
Um, but I don't I know what that is, and and I don't think all stories should be written for complete noobs. You know, everyone. I think while, people are getting. I think some people are getting to the point as comic fans where they feel like they if they don't know everything going on in every panel, then the writers failed. Right. And I think that's an unfair criticism to level at comics is that some there's some like level when, of work you have to do as a reader. Yeah, it was like when you're watching a movie at the beginning. Who's that guy? And something happens, and somebody goes, "Well, why would he do that?" I was right, like, "They're going to find out." Yeah, yeah. yeah now, later. Now, I don't mean to be the 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 nerdy, you know, internet nerd naysayer. But, Sir, you are among friends. Say your piece. Um, but and and I understand there's such a disbelief. This is a world where people can fly and everything. But uh, Oracle screaming, "We have to kill the net! P- pull the plug! Pull the plug!" <laughs> you can't. That's the point of it. It's <laughs> true. I was like, "That's not going to work." Yeah, <laughs> there's no just one plug. It's like, is it, is it, excuse me, sir. Is it, is it the red wire? Is it, no, she said plugs. Work. Two yeah. plugs. She's, yeah, she's got a really, really big plug That's behind true. her. It's the whole net. Pull the plugs. I did like I did that, that like that she asked Mr. Terrific if she can call him Michael. That was funny. So, but um, no, I think this is really good. I think it's getting better. I think what we said in the beginning was that the stuff would start to make sense, and then with issue three, it's all. I mean, it's not all making sense, but it's all coming together and it's making sense. I mean, you just have that's the way he writes. Is that it's not all laid out for you? Right. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed this issue. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I don't know. It wasn't my pick, but but I enjoyed it. No. So. Now staying with with Grant Morrison. There were three Batman R.A.P. tie-ins this week. There was Detective Comics 847, there was Robin 176, and there was Nightwing 147. There were all various degrees of tied into the story. Some might say Night- there's th- three too many. Nightwing being very very little tied into the story, Robin probably being the most, and Batman De- uh, Detective Comics being the weirdest. I think um, the thing about R.A.P. is almost like... It's almost like Final Crisis in that it shouldn't tie into any other books yet because he's telling such a, such a specific story. So when it goes into these other books, it's it's really very much more confused. Not confusing, but the story seems to be all over the place much more. Okay. You know, like because I, I I think I know. I mean, Josh, did you read Robin or did you just buy Detective? I read, actually, uh, you got it backwards. I read Robin. I didn't buy Detective because I missed the last issue, and I just thought, oh, I don't care. I, I, Robin was very highly tied into the into the story, but I, it was weird because I think they're they're beyond where the where the where the Batman book is. So it's kind of that's like, what I felt. But I was so much more aware of what was happening in this story than I have been at any point in the in Morrison's story that I was enjoying it. I was like, oh, this see now this makes sense to me because maybe right. because in 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 Batman proper you are sort of watching the story from inside Batman's mind, and of course his mind is addled. So it's not terribly clear what's happening, and that's you know that's a that's a creative choice. But in this one, I really liked that it was very concrete, and it was you know it foretold a lot of things that I think are very interesting. Somebody's putting end- on the Red Robin suit at the end. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was really, I I I, I enjoyed it. I uh, yeah I liked it a lot, and because I I was like something's going to happen out of this. The, the results of this should be interesting. Robin was really good, and, and, and the thing that it says through this is that when in 52, when Batman went into Nanda Parabat and went in the cave for 49 days, was it 49 days? Yes, uh, seven weeks. Uh, he either came out more sane or less sane. And the, uh, the, the theory is that he came out less sane but didn't realize it till, till now. And this whole issue is about Robin and spoiler trying to figure out what's going on with Batman and then uh, Batman being gone and maybe, maybe Robin will be the new Batman. It's all... It's all just, just the timeline for me is, is difficult because I don't know where this is happening in relation to the Batman. You know what I mean? Like, See, I didn't know what was happening in Batman anyway, so I was fully able to enjoy it. 
I liked it a lot. This is this is one of the this is one of the contenders for pick of the week. But yeah, this was very good. I, I agree, um, and and I like I, that. Like at the end, you're like, well, is is he going to become Batman? Is like, is that what they're hinting at, or you know, what's going to happen? I don't know, and I want to know. Right now, did Ron? Did you read Detective? I did. What did you think? It 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 just it just really didn't grab me, and I found at some at some points I was just kind of flipping through the pages, and I just want this kind of just to move on. Um, I feel like it's really slow, and I don't have any investment in Hush at all. Um, and honestly, the best thing of the book was the the, the villains united, not the, the Secret Six ad with the Cliff Chan cover. Um, <laughs> I saw that, I would ooh, and I looked at that for like five minutes and then moved on. Um, so what I mean, the bat, I mean, we all know the Batman books aren't for me, and like if anything, you know, the only thing grabbing me in was Paul Dini, and I've been I've been enjoying Dustin Yin's, uh, how do you pronounce when? it, when, you know, just the story wise, I was just like whatever. Uh, I'm glad I didn't pick this up. It sounds like I don't think I missed anything. Well, this one's weird because this one actually has Batman in it, but yet it's it's a it's an R.I.P. book, so it's weird because you, now you now you really wonder what's going on. Because when you read all three of these, plus you're reading the Batman book, you it's just like where, you know, Batman's missing in one book, but here he is in this book, and it's odd. And um, I just hate Hush. I hate everything yeah. to do with Hush. So for me, it's just like the worst possible yeah. thing they could. Do That's going to explain why you didn't put Hush in your top five Batman stories then. <laughs> yes, think. And Nightwing was good, but it had very, very little of nothing to do with R.I.P. Other than a few mentions of uh, Batman being missing. So that's that. Uh, another possible pick of the week was Criminal Number Four, which is the first time we've had a new, new actual arc in a, in a while. Um, possible pick of the week. Yeah, more like. And yeah. now I'm, I'm the one. I always get busted because I'm a little, for whatever reason, I'm like, hey, Captain America's all right. Criminal's all right. This blew me the f away. This was awesome. This like this I, I, I seriously I read and reread this book several times already. It, it, I mean I loved it. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was so the, it was the boobs. It, it might have been the boobs. So the new okay. so this new arc is called Bad Night and it's um and it's a four part arc which is different than the one shots that we've been seeing in the past couple issues. Um and it focuses on the artist and the writer who does the um the Frank Kafka comic strip that's been seen in in the pages of the Criminals up to this point. Um. I don't know if it was just the vulnerability of that guy's story or just the way it layered or way we found out about his history through the events of the story or just the way he engaged the woman in it. But there was something about this that just had me like on like I was like, yes, this is this is awesome. So he's he's an exceedingly interesting character. Yes, there's so many things about him. And I'm like, I felt a little of the, you know, I hate to I, I do this all the time, but I project the writer onto the characters and I, and I did you know like you watch a little of it and you, and you read it and, and you're like this sounds like a guy who might write for a living so you, like you can see you know guys who are, who are writers or comic creators you know they, a lot of them stay up all night and they tend to work you know and they have weird hours and they kind of spend a lot of time by themselves and the thing that was really cool about this was that he built up a big paranoia around him yep. and then and then, like, the, the two scenes that really stuck with me, the ones that really made me, like, feel something, I suppose, are he goes to the diner, which is just sort of everybody goes to a restaurant or wherever, and, and that's one, that one scary thing happens where the guy, you're looking around or whatever, and the one crazy guy goes, what are you looking at? Yep. And that could happen to anybody, and it's terrifying. You yeah. know, because you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, you're mixed up in all this crap. And then... To take it further, like he thinks it's all over, the girl's gone, whatever, she, he stole some money, and then he comes outside and the dude is standing out there. Hey, motherfucker. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> like, 
I love the and, the, and it's so and it's so and, funny because the, those scenes were good, but the scenes like the scene and maybe it was the boobs, maybe it was the sex, but the scene that got me was the you know the the exchange between him and the woman, both you know leading up to when she was drunk driving her home and his thought process where like she's you know she's asleep on his couch and he just sees the gar- the garter belt, he just sees the hint of it, the stocking, and then the fact you know like I almost thought that the sex scene was a was a dream sequence, but mm-hmm. you know, seeing that it was real, and then like the when he like she's in the shower and he leaves to go get coffee and and Danish and he's kind of He's got a spring in his step. He's had a shitty life up to this point. And then she's gone and then she's robbed him. And then, you know, like it just it just felt so oddly real. And it's funny that you project, you know, the the writer on the character. And I didn't even think about that. I just got so lost in this guy's world that it was it was just so engaging and so believable, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and finally, I mean, not to be like toot toot, but uh, if you look at the sort of fatigue that that Sean Phillips put into the, the main character specifically um under his eyes it looks heavy his hair is rumpled his his posture is is sort of stooped like you know I don't know how but they made his hair look sort of greasy and unkempt yeah and and, and I mean that's really impressive to do in there's one, a lot in one issue it, to create a character and to create his world and make it so it's so engaging is, is just, is, is masterful. It was just mass. I, and I really, I didn't even notice on the cover. This is part one of four. I thought this was going to be another one shot. And when I saw that it ended on like, I was like, Oh, it's gonna keep going. Awesome. I was psyched. So, however, I do have a criticism. Uh, I didn't need him talking to the cartoon character. Interesting. I don't think, I don't think that that was necessary. Well, but uh, yeah, I, I, I see your point there, but I, I see, think also like in a way that, you know, he even said that, you know, what would Frank do? What would my character do? I, I see that as a as an extension of that. You know what? Like he's the thing is he's got enough issues already without yeah. that little extra bit. Which yeah. when I see it, it takes me out. Of, like the thing about that I like about this series is that it's grounded. You know, grounded in reality. I mean, but it is, and like that sort of hallucinations like, are pretty real, though. Right. Yeah. And who's to well, say that Bendis doesn't have the whole freaking Avengers around him in that basement? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I'm always not, bickering, yeah, always bantering. Exactly. Like I totally, I mean, like if one of these writers told me that they they talk to their characters, I totally believe it. You know, it, and, listen, that's just, and that's just a visual representation of it. You know, it's a choice. It's not yeah. a choice I would have made. Yeah. That's all. I, yeah. I just well, didn't think it needed it. Yeah. But so. it's still a great issue. No, Connor, you, I'm sorry, we've been dominating. What, what do you think? Um, I'm waiting for the story to actually happen. It was kind of like too introductory. I, I like the criminal element of the criminal book, and there wasn't much criminal element to it. So I'm waiting for the crime stuff to happen, which is what I liked about the book. So while I really, while I really enjoyed it, I really want to get into this into the story. So probably, you know, I was more looking forward to the the next part part than I was okay. admiring this this part. Oh, is this the part where you two talk about how great Buffy the Vampire Slayer is? Yes. Yes. Is that, is that happening now? Because I just <laughs> didn't know. This was. I, I was a little. Um, I'll be back. I, I was a little uh, t- tentative about the first issue of this arc, but this one, it, it, you had me at hello. It was. You had, I'm in. I'm in. The art was noticeably better in this issue than the last. Noticeably uh, better. The weird. The only weird thing for me was I read Frey about a month, a month or two ago. I don't remember the Frey dialogue being quite as stylized as it was in this one. I thought it was more normal in the, in the regular book because this right. one is like crazy sort of future talk which is normally i don't really like like you know like those books where you read where they try to make up their own language like fantasy books and everybody's got talks funny and you got to get through 100 pages i just don't like that so this was kind that was kind of off-putting but um i liked the i liked the the there was some great scenes i mean the the xander writing writing buffy's sister was great and um 
even though I saw the ending coming, it was still a really good ending. Yep. The, the reveal at the end, anyway. Um, I like the Frey world, so I, and I enjoyed. I enjoyed now that they're crossing over, and, I, and now that Buffy's actually in the world and interacting with Frey, I really, really liked it. And the art was really much better. Very cool. It was very. It was just very. I mean, this is such, such a very good comic book. It's it's amazing. I, I I would never have a year ago when this all started up. I would never have thought it was as as good as this was. Knowing that there were Buffy comics out by Dark Horse before and tried them and never really being wowed by them, this is just blowing me away. So I was also really blown away by the production of this book. Yep, it was what really was seventeen. Wow, so, it's good production and it's out every month. It's good. So. Michelle it Michelle seem- Madsen was the colorist. She was really she was really good in this. Yeah, Carmoline did a good job. He came back. He came on strong. So, um, where can I get this book though, Connor? Heavyink.com is the best site for comics, graphic novels, and manga. Whether you want to discover new favorites, shop, or just share your opinion, they got really cool tools to help you track your favorite creators and discover comics by what what other users are reading. They've got a huge selection of graphic novels and comics. You can buy single issues. You can subscribe to a monthly book. You can buy a graphic novel. Whatever you want to do. 20% off everything at the place, and they got free shipping. And they got a really cool website where you can interact with other users, and they've got comics and news, and you can read about it and comment on stuff, as well as privacy controls, so you can control what others see about your info at heavyink.com. Word. Why did I say We're word? famous. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Franklin Richards, Son of a Genius, Summer Smackdown uh, by, uh, by Chris Eliopoulos, who we're all big fans of, came out, and... Um, and you know, we we don't want to be a big you know kind of navel gazing inside baseball kind of thing. But if you pick up this issue and read the first story, you might recognize some folks in the crowd. Well, you might recognize two of them, <laughs> or, or really just one. <laughs> yeah. All we yeah. gotta say is that this is a lesson in that sometimes the artist and the colorist don't really go over every detail. <laughs> I'd like to just mention how much it looks like Ron. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. That really, that really looks like you. I know it's kind of freaky. And I'm sort of in the middle, and then Connor's like a, a black <laughs> jelly bean head. And but but Connor's also on the next page. He's got two pages, and I think it might be him on the cover. You might be right, actually. See him on the cover? So you know. You got beat up. I'm, I'm just what a little tiny head who says. <laughs> Basically, any bald uh, black man is Connor in this book. But yeah. I thought I was the robot. <laughs> I'm not Herbie the robot. But right. but regardless, it's you know it's, I love I love his cartooning. Yeah, it's yeah. just so much fun. And it's and again you know it's great for kids and it's a lot of fun and it's steep in the Marvel universe yada yada. You've heard us talk about it before, but we're in it. So, <laughs> uh. but it's it's not you know like if if you don't know what it is, um it, it it is a kids book. It's not so much one of those ones that you're gonna read as an adult and be like, there's something for everybody. It's not a Pixar movie. Um, but it's a really good kids book because it touches on the Marvel universe in all these different ways. There's different characters in it, and it's sort of big and and like big panels that are bright and and sort of clean and and nice and easy to follow. Um, and it's it's a, it's not one long story. So so for the short attention span, uh, yeah. it, there's sort of a bunch of little stories in there if you go from one for another. And and what so. I, what, I, what I really um, personally what I really like about it is is in the stories is the whole you know like it's just fan, it's just fantastic. Sees the pun world. But you know, but what Chris is doing is he's he's associating realistic things with it, like the the story in the middle where um, Franklin is trying to run interference for his parent teacher conference. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I did that, not uh, albeit not with an image inducer, but you know what I mean. Like I, you know, like I, you know, it was very eerily similar to some of the shit I pulled in school. You know, and then when when Herbie had a crush on the the receptionist, that was like kind of touching. It was like oh, that you totally know. happened to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So. Um, 
So I don't know. I mean, it's 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 good because it's not it's it's kids, but it doesn't talk down to them. That's why that's why I think it's really good about it. So. So, uh, do you know? Do you know? Do you know it was awesome? I know Ron doesn't know what was awesome, but I'm pretty sure Connor knows what was awesome. Yes, Jonah Hex 34 was weird. <laughs> weird. It was awesome. This we know you're talking about Wolverine. Last week was the pick of the week, and you're saying how it was the Unforgiven story. This was really the un- this was very much Unforgiven. Uh, sort of. I I can see that, but it didn't. I mean, only only in sort of the concept. I mean, it to me it followed different. It, I was just reading it. What I do is I, I find this character, Jonah Hex, completely fascinating and his complete and utter inability to be um, cleaned up. Like, they refuse at any point. Everyone's probably like, well, is this going to be when we're going to see his soul? Never, ever, never, never, ever happens. And I keep taking the bait every time. I'm Charlie Brown with a football with this character. <laughs> Like, is he? Are we going to see the soft side of Jonah Hex? No, no, he's not. Well, this, in this issue, Jonah Hex has kind of been fed up with all the killing, so he, <laughs> so he uh, takes his uniform and his guns and he buries them, and then he goes and builds a house in or in in Oregon and lives on his own by himself, kind of like William Money. And then the trouble finds him, and he at the end shoots everyone, kind of like he William was- Money. No, but in that in that one, he the William Money and and up. and the whore. Um, well, it's much more condensed, and the whore got to him like William Money, and that's kind of... I mean, it was very, very unforgiving. Not that it was bad, it was just very very much I, along the same arc, just condensed. I didn't, I didn't get that as much. Um, much more much than Wolverine, much. and this is almost literal. Oh, Wolverine. you're... No, you're full of shit. No, wait, I... I I've... No, wow. in, Wolverine, <laughs> in Wolverine, he goes from being the baddest killer ever to marrying a, a wife and having kids and, and, and then cleaning his act up and saying, I'm never going back to that, exactly like happened in the Eastwood movie. In this one, he just wants to go be alone. He's more like Little Bill, quite honestly. He builds his own house. Nah. But I did, I did really enjoy the... Um, he, he does a lot of chopping of wood, and then we pull back and see this humongous pile of wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 40 <laughs> feet tall. What, what, did you think of the, what did you think of the art? I did not like it. You did, did you not? I, I, I was back and forth. At first, I didn't, and then I did, and then I was like, hey, is that um, Will Forte as... Uh, Jonah Hex, or is yeah. that just me? He was really—he was drawn really young, which is odd yeah. since he's supposed to have retired. Um, but I did like some of it. I, there's a there's a style about this I kind of like. It was very it was very photorealistic. I think it was seemed like it, there was a, a lot of photo reference used. Like the the artist had taken a bunch of pictures and and sort of put them together in this. Um, I don't know. I really like this. I had a good time with it. Go on and face it like the whore you are. Yeah, he's mean. He's always going to be mean. And every time you don't want him to be, and then he's mean again. That's the, <laughs> and he shoots the everybody and burns the town down. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they're never going to give it to you. 34 issues in, and I'm still like, maybe now it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Terry double Moore, sh- double, double shot of arrow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's just collapsed. verbally spun out there. I uh, totally did. Um, double header of uh, Terry Moore. I don't want double to shot of Terry Moore. Double shot is weird. That's what I meant. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, so, um, Echo. Um, Echo, what would you guys think as we're issue number five, coming to the end of the first story arc somewhat? Well, it's, it's funny because we talked to Terry Moore in San Diego in the, in the episode you'll see next week, and he said in that, in that interview that issue five was the one that really came together for him, and I can definitely see that. Now we're really starting to – I think we, we've set up – the scenario now: the girls with the the Julie's with the guy Dylan, yep. Dylan, right? Yeah, Dylan, and they're being chased by the by the army, and they've got some biker buddies. Now we've really 
we've had all the setup. The status quo has been set. Julian and Dylan are off on a bike, and and now we can go. Now we can get now, moving. Can I just say I, can, I, I love the I, bikers? Oh, yeah. Oh, the bikers were great, and especially the head biker. He's awesome. I hope he's a, a, a recurring character. He's just great. Can I say that five issues in now I can safely say I love this book? <laughs> Yay! I really, really like this title a lot. You it's gotten Harley better Wilson. with every issue. And for me, with issue four was the one where I was like, oh, right, okay. And five was just a, an echo of that. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> and, um, uh, that was beneath just, you. And, well, it, was not, it wasn't on purpose. Um, and it, it was just like new characters introduced and its stories getting bigger and there's the sort of sense of impending danger and like, what are you going to do? There's no real answer. Um, there's romance, there's, there's all this stuff. I, I, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, and this is going to be one of those series that I think will be really great to recommend to people. And, you know, for the first couple issues, I, I almost reserved judgment because not much had happened yet. And even, and you'll see this in that interview where I talked to Terry and he pretty much says, well, you know, nothing much had happened. And, and it's good though, because he, he played it out slow. Um, he basically is all but writing it for the trade at this point, you know, cause he knows where the books sell. Um, but also, like, I really like that kind of storytelling. It's still satisfying in issues. You just have to be patient and go with it. Yeah. I, I mean, he also draws rings around ninety percent of everybody doing comics. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's just it's just so it's so elegantly done, and that's the thing that I'm impressed. I'm just impressed by like he, you know, I mean, sure, you know, we, I mean, I'm, it's, you know, beat you over the head about how much I love Strangers in Paradise, but with this, this is just like Strangers in Paradise was the refining of the craft, and this is like the expertise of his craft, I think. You know, don't you know? Be honest. There was a little part of you that thought, "Well, is Strangers in Paradise going to be the thing he could do?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and and I like that this is going now, and and I'm like, "Oh yes, yeah. no, he's well, actually really good at this." Yeah, it's yeah. a fair question to ask because I have read he did an arc of Birds of Prey, which honestly wasn't very good. Oh, and, years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, but but, but, yeah. but this leads into Spider Man Loves Mary Jane, which I which I to be honest with you, I didn't really like. I liked. I'm a huge fan of the Sean McKeever volumes, the yeah. more manga-looking. I thought he really captured the teenage vibe, whereas I thought Terry Moore's Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane number one was kind of like older man writing teenage. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Just to back up, so Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane number one really came out this week as well, and it's got pencils by Craig Rousseau, um, and Terry Moore's just writing it. And Connor, you're right. I mean, like it's it's tough because I don't know if this book is for teens. Like the McKeever one was for teens, right? Um, yeah, I mean, and, it's, it's the digest size. It's written drunk in a manga. Yeah. Is this one for us? That's that's what, it, or or because it's coming from somebody older. I I, I don't know. Um, it focuses on Mary Jane and her world. Um, it's out of continuity. It's not nothing to do with the regular kind of thing. They're they're still in high school, and it focuses on her world. I don't even know if she knows that Peter's Spider Man. No, she didn't. I mean, yeah, yeah, I got the feeling she didn't, um, but you know, but it got the feeling that she had some sort of relationship with Peter, so that's why I wasn't sure. Um, you know, and and you're right. I mean, and and we Connor, Connor and I talked about this before the show. There's the I what? I'm sorry, we talked before the show. Um, I could almost go with it because I feel as if he got the you know the 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 text messaging you know is there and and being in school and there was a little bit of it, but there was the one moment when they're talking to Flash and there's the Rico Suave reference. Which we all get, and nobody under the age of twenty-five, if that, will get. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, no, I, I had fun it. reading. I, I liked it, but I see where Connor's coming from. So I, I mean, like this was the one that, like, after it was done, I gave it to my wife. I was like, "Read this; it's good." I, I, I really enjoyed it, and it might be old man writing teenagers. I don't care. I, I don't know any teenagers. That's fine. Now that, that said, I, I, I think the McKeever stuff is like so much better than this. I, I've never read any of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm about to read that. That's like It's like maybe third in my stack. I'm, I'm going to get there hopefully this weekend, so um, I'll be able to judge better there. Um, but I thought it was well written. The one thing is, and I love Craig Rousseau. I think Craig Rousseau's art was great. I don't want to detract from it. But, man, those covers make me want Terry to be doing it. You're not yeah. kidding. Oh, man, man. Um, like that cover, I, the one, the cover of this issue and the cover of next issue, like I love Mary Jane. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not uh, fair. Sophomore in high school. Sophomore in high school. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, what I did really like about this was the idea of her being pissed off that she's home alone while her parents – while his, her mom's working and she knows she shouldn't be pissed about it. But she – and like I really like that. I, I, I related to that. There it is. Yeah. There it is. You're in my head. Good. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> so, there we go. Here's review. So, um, yeah, so if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the comics that came out um, this week. And we can't talk about them all. We can't read them all. So we, we wanted to take a look at the iFan base to see what they've been reading. Um, so our first one comes from Cammy Knoxville, who read Iron Man Viva Las Vegas number two. And Cammy Knoxville gives the story a four out of five and the art a four out of five. And he says, with Favreau at the helm, fans of the movie are getting the Tony Stark they know and love. With beautiful art by Granov, one of the main reasons I'm enjoying this book is simple. It's a Marvel Knights title, keeping within its own universe. Tony isn't a part of the Avengers, S.H.I.E.L.D., or any other kind of nonsense. If he's, if he's going to take care of this problem, it's all up to Iron Man and no one else. I really like this. I, um, it's, it's two months late. It came out the same week as Invincible Iron Man, and yep. two, two issues behind that one, but... I like this Tony Stark. I like this Tony Stark who is basically the movie Tony Stark and doesn't have all the baggage of Civil War and it's kind of like like reading the books from before all that. You know, when you when you liked Tony Stark and he wasn't a fascist bastard. And um, the art is what it is, but I really like this. I really like the characterization. I didn't realize you could go splunking in a shirt that went down to your navel, but <laughs> apparently you can. But it was really, I, I really enjoyed it. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, Gr- Granov's art for me is a little, it's a little, was a little tough to swallow at the start, but I'm, I'm on board. So, uh, by the way, we met Cammy uh, yeah. in uh, San Diego. He does his own video podcast. Look yeah, it up. It's great. Yeah. So there you go. He was, he was doing live shows from San Diego. He weren't. Zip, zip up that shirt. Ultimate Horatio, Ultimate Horatio reviewed Authority number one, story three out of five, art three out of five, and says, "Who knows if this new setting will turn off fans of the original series." But both they and new readers can pretty much pick this up and get with the program. The best bit, Mid- Midnighter yelling to a group of survivors, oh, damn it all, run, run now, just leave your stuff and run. There are some real stakes here, and the fun, naturalistic dialogue helps emphasize the point. If you like the authority in any incarnation, give this a try. If this is not the direction you're hoping for, then, well, I'm sure you won't have to wait long until the next reboot. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Very astute. <laughs> Very Yeah. Man, how – first of all, this is, this is Abnett and Lanning. Yeah, I really? saw that. I did see that. No one yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, and of all, apparently, they're the new guys who are just writing everything, by the way. Yeah. 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 Well, they got two of them. They can spread the love. <laughs> and I mean, uh, second of all, uh, this is the third authority number one in a while, or the second authority number one. It's just, you know. Yeah. There's well, I, no fa- no fanfare whatsoever to this release. I laughed I laughed when last week um, they, they put in, in, my, in my pull, in my little folder, they put uh, Wildcats number one that came out last week. As a joke, what was I, that? I, I don't know, and I'm just laughed and I put it back on the shelves. Wildstorm's dead. Wildstorm's over. They just got to kill it. It's over. Nobody cares. You know the fact that they just came out of the Wild, Wildcats number one, thus completely like if you're waiting for Grant Morrison and Jim Lee to come back, it's not going to happen, folks. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, so that's sad. I really enjoyed the authority for those first what 24 issues. I guess it was. Yeah. Well, remember near the end of them, they sort of went weird. But um, and then I've tried it a few times since then. And it's just never, ever been close to the same, so it's never, not satisfying. You can never go back. 
No, you I can't. I feel like the authority is very much of the time. Yep. Those I think characters so. were very much uh, talking about the, the times of the early oh, 2099 times of superheroes. and They're sort of antiquated at this point. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have the same. Like, those stories have resonance, but it turns out after a while the characters don't. Yep. As much the pendulum, as the pendulum swung, swung back over to the Jeff Johns. You know, side of things. That's the sort of the zeitgeist now, and they're they're on the other side. They're the Warren Ellis. That's side. true. It's true. Like all of the comments that have been made that needed to be made about superhero comics were made during that time. So now, anytime it's done again, you're like, uh huh. I got, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Sad, really. But you guys really like Abnett and Lanning, so maybe true. You know. That's that's yeah. The one that comes out with no fanfare by two by two guys who have proven themselves to do a lot of good stories is something definitely worth looking into. Right. Except that you can't pay me to read Wildstorm anymore. I've, I've been, I've been, I feel as if I've been, you know, taken advantage of too much, you know. Ron, I will pay you one hundred thousand dollars to read Authority Number One. Okay, done, sold. <laughs> do you still do you read Ex Machina? Yeah, but that's not why. You I mean, owe me it's, money, it's te- sir. It's technically done by Wildstorm, but we know that's a Vertigo book. Come on, sir. Um, you owe me money. So go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics where you can uh, do your pull list and leave reviews uh, of your own. Let everyone know what you think of the comics. We love the community, so it's awesome. Uh, oh, DCBS. You are a good place to get comics. Uh, monthly specials uh, up to 75% off, 40% off major publishers. It's, a, it's the Discount Comic Book Subscription Service. Um, flat rate shipping of five ninety five for all orders. Uh, you can buy anything that shows up in previews. And there's over 5,400 5, trade paperbacks in stock and available for order. Track your orders online. Get over to DCBService.com. We know of many people who use and like what they do. If you no, don't have to do... They just have 54 trade paperbacks. That's all I've got. Really? 54? <laughs> That's all they've got. <laughs> uh, you have this? No, sir. It's like the cheese shop sketch. <laughs> Supposed uh, Spider-Man, um, fresh out, sorry. They just have like, all they have is volume three and not put anything. <laughs> no, they're a sponsor. They have these things in stock. It's that, that was a joke, people. I don't, I don't want to indicate that, oh man, I'm digging a hole here. Digging we, a love, hole. we love DCBService.com, so go use that I would today. totally do that if I didn't have to do a show every Wednesday. Exactly, or, yeah. you know. Yep, well, maybe sooner than you think, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, uh, so Connor, yes, it's, it's time to hear from you, my friend. Again, this is Connor. This is the Connor show. Apparently, uh, book of the month for this for August of two thousand eight was Captain America: Operation Rebirth, and that's me clapping. Let's yeah, let's take said- a tri- let's take a trip in the wayback machine to the '90s to oh. the bad bad old days of the '90s. Oh. Basically, what you had you had was in the early part of the '90s, all of the big major icons were floundering. Awful. And and you talk about the '90s in terms of speculation boom and the financially, but people don't often talk about the fact that most of the characters were just more uh, creatively bankrupt. There was just nothing going on. They didn't know how to write Superman, so they killed him off. They they broke Batman's back. They put they gave him they put it replaced him with a metal suit wearing psychotic, Frenchman, and Captain America Frenchman. Captain Frenchman Captain America was um you know the height of hokin hokiness you know at the time from what they I guess from what they thought the audience would think because the audience was in the Punisher the audience was into Lobo the audience was into Wolverine so Captain America seems rather ridiculous. I think it's important to note that in the mid '90s there was a point where pretty much every character in Marvel had evolved into an armor suit. Yeah, so they said, oh, the, the Silver Soldier Serum is leaving Steve Rogers' body. He's starting to die. What to do? So, but put him in a suit of armor. Put him in a suit His of, high and, point was, was in Infinity Gauntlet, and everything from there down, was just a downhill slope from there until drink, this. Drink. Um, yeah, and, and you, know, you had Daredevil <laughs> in the mecha costume. You had Spider-Man yeah. in the spider armor. It was just bad, bad, bad. 
They didn't know what to do. They couldn't connect to this new audience who was liking all the ultra-violence and the anti-heroes. So they, they tried their hardest with the, with the big guns. It just was disastrous. So I had always been a big Captain America fan. He was always my favorite Marvel character. I always bought his book. But eventually I just couldn't take it anymore and I dropped it. Yep. Wasn't, wasn't buying any Captain America. Then suddenly in the grapevine you start hearing about Captain America again and how good the book is. And heard about it in my comic store. I read about it in Wizard. And read about, you know, basically that's all the, really the options you had back in the early 90s. And comic eventually... Comic Shop News, their comic store, and Wizard. And so eventually I, I, I went back and bought one and, and found that Mark Wade and Ron Garney were doing just kick-ass Ugh. Captain America, back to basics. It's such a cliche now, but at the time it was what needed to happen. Was They said, no, Captain America is cool and here's why he's cool. And people who go into this now who haven't read this shouldn't go into it looking for Brubaker's Captain America. It's a different kind of Captain America. It's not, the, it's not a very long, drawn-out espionage story. It's a more of a high-action Captain America, a superhero story. And it basically says, why is he important? Yeah, why is he important? He, he is morally upright. He, he's, got, he's always has a plan. He knows what he's doing. Everyone respects him. He can't be beaten. He never gives up. These are the, these are the, the central tenets of Captain America that, that were really lost in the whole mecha werewolf Captain America era. And the story in this is, basically, Captain America died in the issue before the one in the straight paperback because the, the serum was leaving his body. And the first issue deals with him not being around and the horrible Avengers team at the time dealing with that. And then Red Skull resurrects him. And we don't know how or why, he just does because it's not important how or why we needed Cap back. So Cap pops back alive and he has to team up with Red Skull to fight Hitler because he never got to fight Hitler in World War, World War II. <laughs> And um, it's just that's the first half of this book. This is a thick trade. It's a thirty dollar trade, and, and it's, um, it's two full arcs, so it's like eight or nine issues. And then the second arc is is him dealing when he's with Red Skull. He's got to fight the U.S. Army to get to the the cosmic cube, and so he gets tri- stripped of his his um, costume and shield and goes sent into exile out of the country, and he has to re- reclaim it. And that's the second arc of this book. But it's just really solid. Cap stuff. Mark Wade really got Cap. He really understood what made him important. Ron Garney could draw the hell out of Captain America. This this time period. I mean, the time this time period was. This was one of the first times I can remember that that idea of the Buzz book when you heard when you just heard through the grapevine, like you said, like, hey, are you reading Captain America? And I was like, yep. no, why? Because I never read Captain America. I mean, I wasn't like Josh, like I, I or you, Connor. I never liked Captain America. I was always X Men. But uh, and they're like, yeah, this Wade and Garney are doing something cool on it. And like, I remember checking out. And the, right after this, uh, Garney went on to Silver Surfer, which is the, yep. the which is that that run that made me fall in love with his art. Um, and it just like I just remember, and I remember having at the dining hall with this guy named Chris, and he just like he's like he's like yeah, you need to check it out. It's really good. And I was like oh, and, I, and it just blew me away. It was so good, and then it was just so such a tragedy what happened. Just well, well then you had, yeah, yeah. I I this was this came out right when I started reading comics again. Um, and before that, like in the late '80s, I had been reading Captain America. I think it was Mark Grunewald, and it was all that Serpent Society stuff. Which, yeah. by the way, Ron. You would have. Loved. Oh, I'm sure I would have loved. Yeah, no, I was an idiot. Punk, Here and but... Dwyer on art on those issues back then. Oh yeah, I mean Diamondback and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and in oh, the U.S. I love, H- I love now. I love Grunewald's work. I mean, yes. Yeah, so I mean, but I like just thinking about it, describing it. Like Ron, if you went back and read that stuff, that would be. I mean, you would love that shit. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, coming back in, this was the same thing I'd heard, and I didn't know a lot about comics. I'd actually missed all the bad stuff, quite honestly. Yay! And um. You know, like this was when I first learned the, the name Mark Wade, and I learned it on this, and then I learned it over um, in the DC stuff, uh, doing like uh, JLA Year One. I think he was doing it at the same time. Yep. And 
I mean, you want to talk about like, oh man, this is like, I don't think I had read comics this good or this much fun. Uh, and you know, like you go read Captain America, you think it's going to be fun or whatever. And I just remember this just kicking butt and being really good. And then you're exactly right. Yep. Something happened. Well, we get to the end of this book. This this is the first two arcs from Wade and Wade and Garney, and then they say, "Oh, we're doing Heroes Reborn." So now Rob Liefeld is doing Captain America. Oh, and such, like, they, they they took Captain America and the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Was there anybody else? Uh, Iron, three? Man, Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron Man, they, 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 they separated them out from the Marvel Universe and they put on all the old image guys and, and it was just a yeah. Yeah. friggin' disaster. And, and, everyone was, and you know what? The, the one book I remember people complaining about was Captain America. I don't remember people complaining about Fantastic Four. I don't remember people complaining about Iron Man. I remember people complaining that this Wade Garney run was interrupted to go to Liefeld. Yeah. And then after that was done and it was a disaster... They brought Wade and Garney back, and it was good. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. It wasn't, it wasn't the same. Yeah. They, you know, you, you can't go home again. Now, but from a historical perspective, that Heroes Were Born thing, while the comics were awful, although I remember Iron Man being good because I think that was Wills Portacio, and I really liked that. It was like the beginning of the mecha Iron Man that we actually accept now, the, the evolution of the armor and all that kind of stuff. But So um, it's his fault. But Yeah, but, but historically, that was an important moment for Marvel because it was the first time they had farmed out work to another studio. And yep. if they hadn't done that... They wouldn't have done Marvel Knights, and if they hadn't done Marvel Knights, we wouldn't have Casada as the editor, and we wouldn't be where we are today. So historically, it's important and, and generally okay. But the biggest tragedy was having the rug pulled out of this Wade Garney run because they were on such a, a fans were liking it, the sales were picking up, and then this because this deal happened separately on a parallel track, it pulled out the rug from it, and I just remember being so pissed by that. So yeah, and this is a great. This is a new. I mean, these. The the runs by Wade and Garney had been collected before, but they were way out of print. I, I had actually been looking for them recently, you know, back on the hype from Captain America, looking back for these books, but they couldn't find the old trades. But this is the new printing of Operation Rebirth. Hopefully, they print the second run because I'd buy that anyway, even though it wasn't as great. It was still pretty good. That was the, uh, was that that was the one with the with the see through shield. Uh, yeah, it was. No, the, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Or was that Busey? No, that was Wade. That was Wade. I just know well, that I wasn't following any comics news or anything like i was just like what's this i'll read this is this good and and i just remember just being like what happened just like getting smacked in the face like i had been enjoying it so much and i was like well i'll just buy it maybe it's just an issue i don't even think i was looking at creative teams at the time i just was like it just got bad what happened i, I do know that after this uh wade then went with one of the kuberts and did the kazar series which was awesome so anyway but <laughs> <laughs> if you like Captain America, uh, good solid stuff, you're, and you're make, and not expecting it to be like Brew Baker's, it's just a different kind of cap. Yeah, then really, check really out good. Operation Rebirth. And you can uh, you can get good. it you can get it in StockTrades.com. They're going to have it discounted, so go check it out. It's going to be uh, uh, priced right for you to check it out. It's a little expensive, but it's worth it. Trust us. So one of my favorite runs of the '90s, hands down, easily. So. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, you're, while you're online in front of your browser, you're, you should also go check out emusic.com forward slash ifanboy. Uh, we love the music. We love emusic. Emusic is a great uh, source of non-DRM music and not like the silly iTunes. So you can put it on your MP3 player or give them to your friend or, or lend them to your friend. Uh, I didn't say that. Um, or whatever. <laughs> um, and they've got a lot of really good stuff. They've got a really lot of, uh, really lot of good um, independent artists and, they're just, and they just recently redesigned their site and it's super easy to use. And if you go to emusic.com forward slash ifanboy, not only can you get 50 free downloads, it's 50 free downloads, but you can um, select from a little playlist uh, we put together that, uh, that we hope you would like. Um, so, so you, don't, you don't have to download this, those songs. You can download whatever songs you like, but we're just kind of nudging you in a direction that you should know about. You know, there's not just 
indie music, there's a lot of older yeah. classic music on there. Yeah. I mean, like, their, their number one album's like Joan Jett album or something yeah. like that. Like, that's the most downloaded one there, or, or you know, in the top five. Like, I was amazed at how much. You know, I got a Credence album off of there. So it's not just, you know. We've got a huge catalog, so it's good. I yeah. like what they're doing. So, so emusic.com forward slash iFanboy. All right, on to the email. John yes. F. John F. writes and says, with the return of Barry Allen happening as we speak, it got me thinking about the wonderful comics tradition of retcons. I would love to have you all chime in on what you think are the best retcons ever and the worst retcons ever. Well, worst retcons ever, other than One More Day, as we all know that was the worst retcon ever. And just to really guilt you into it, just, just know that when I'm listening to your show, I'm busy painting the new condo I just bought. Oh, boo-hoo. And the new, I fanboy podcast is the only thing allowing me to keep my sanity while I do it. Well, I, I think this is a good opportunity to, to touch upon the term retcon. And, yeah. and make sure everyone knows what that means. Retcon means retroactive continuity. Okay, so it's not a reboot or a relaunch. It's not like when they took Superman in in 1986 and John Byrne and they relaunch they rebooted the title. That's right, that was a reboot. That, that's a reboot. What a retcon is is a is a retcon is is that when um when when after 20 years of us tell, uh, them telling us that Wolverine has um his his bones are laced with adamantium and his claws are adamantium and they were installed in the Weapon X program a retcon is is when Magneto then rips the adamantium out of him and we find out oh they're bone claws that's changing the continuity changing a fact about the about the about the the character or about some sort of thing that's a specific thing about the character that could be seen as a twist um, but or retcon being like, or oh, you know, when I died, I didn't die. Actually, I went over here, and you didn't see me for a couple of years, and now I'm back. Yeah, it's everything you thought you knew was right is wrong. That's right. what a retcon, retcon is. Right. One more day is not really a retcon it's not because a retcon. The, it's a reboot. The the marriage happened. It just he forgot about it. It's not. Yeah. He, they're not retroactively taking the marriage away. Now the sp- but, the spider clone saga was a retcon. That was a retcon. That was yeah. awful. Baby. Yeah, that was bad. And the baby, well, the baby was was wasn't retconned because the baby's never been addressed. Mm. You know, like they'll they'll retcon things out, but they didn't. They just ignored it, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do not have an answer for John <laughs> because I wasn't around during all that stuff. I don't feel like there's been a lot of retcons recently, or if there was, I didn't know it. There was one this week in um, Hawkman special. That's fucked up. I'm going to do a mini on that because the whole situation is just terrible. Well, I mean, Hawkman. That's like. Right, he's a poster boy for retcons. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, uh, um, Hawkman. Yeah, Hawkman is a is a good. That's a that's a good example of it. There's actually a big retcon not in comics, but in um in the Star Wars books because we all think Boba Fett died in the um in the Sarlacc pit, but then he in the books they say no, he survived. That was a oh yeah, he, he, he called out. He blew his, yeah. he blew well, his way okay, out. You know, there. you know, it was the. I mean, the biggest retcon was the um was Phoenix. Medic- was the, I thought you were saying the midi chlorians. Oh well, no, no. I'm back to comics. I'm saying the dark, dark oh. phoenix was. I mean, she died on the moon, and then they brought her back, and that was a retcon saying, "No, no, no, it wasn't Jean. That was the well, phoenix the, force, and Jean was actually in the bay of Jamaica, and she's fine." You know, like. Well, um, they just did that with spoiler in the, in Robin. Yep, spoiler, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. So, um, so yeah. And, so, and look out for Steve Rogers sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. That won't be a retcon. Though. They'll just bring him back well, somehow. It, it, don't you think also that the, the 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 killing joke was kind of a retcon? Retcon of the Joker's? No. No. Okay. That wasn't his or it wasn't his origin. They just never. Well, yeah, but we never really knew about the Red Hood stuff and all that kind of and him having the. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get. I'm, I don't know. I just, I've, I I always that, heard that the killing joke was the Joker retcon of his origin. Not that it was bad. It was a good retcon. You know? But that may not have necessarily even been true. 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's why I think that's that's about it. Well, it's well, no. Oh, yeah, it might not have been true. Yeah, good point. It's possibly a delusion. Yeah. Okay. Um, retcons, we love them. All right, Ben in St. Louis uh, writes, um, Josh, you want to read this one? or? Yeah, Ben. Ben's doing a good thing, and we wanted to make sure we highlight it. He says, I'm teacher by trade. I teach special education algebra 1 and 2 at a struggling school in the city of St. Louis. And surprisingly, I need the – why is this surprising? I need the iFan base's help. This year, our school is implementing a new literacy program in the building. The goal of the program is simple. Get kids to read outside of school. Last year, as the, as the year wound down, I decided to do a little experiment with some of my old comics. I brought them in and left them for the students to read if they finished tests or assignment early, and, and they ate them up. So I was pondering this today as I sat in hours of meetings how we were going to meet our literacy goals, and an idea burst into my mind. I'm going to create a comic book lending center in my room. I assume he means his school room. The problem is that I <laughs> don't bedroom. really have a ton of old comics in my possession. And being a teacher, I'm too poor to be the guy who buys bricks of them at a time. So here's my thought. If you have old comics or trades that you are looking to get rid of, I will take them. I can't promise uh, that I can pay for them, but I will pay for the shipping costs. They can be any comic in any condition. Of course, I don't want a bunch of your porno comics uh, if you know what you, you know who you are. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for superhero, independent, non-superhero stuff that, that you're looking to get rid of. Anything that you can provide would be most excellent. Um, and he, uh, he, he left his email, but there's going to be – if you go to the forums, there's going to be uh, – we'll sticky that thread. Yeah, and we'll we'll put it up at the top of the forums. You can see his email in there, and you can you know ask questions or whatever, and get in touch with him. We'll also if um, you go to ifanboy.com and look at the the show notes for this show. We'll put the email in there as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 Ben. He he's Neb on the forum. He's the guy who writes so many really good reviews. So great and great idea. Great. I mean, that's awesome. We definitely want to support that. I know. I I, in my, I was like, ooh, I got some comments. I can send them. So do that. Definitely. I already volunteered Lost Girls. <laughs> How many times are we going to try that old joke? Uh, so if, uh, if you're doing a good thing with comics or you have any questions about continuity, you can email <laughs> us at contact.ifanboy.com. All right, we're running out of time, so uh, only one voicemail this week, and it uh, brings up a very good observation. Hey, guys, this is Scott from St. Louis, uh, Ronan Don't on the, uh, on the website. I'm listening to episode 144, and I'm thinking, you know, this Wolverine story arc, as much as it is Unforgiven, isn't it also just the in-league? You know, the Rick Remender book, uh, whatever that uh, artist's name is, Eric Kennedy's about to join it. But is it really just the in-league? Let's be honest. Later. You know, I would say that I bet Rick Remender would feel pretty flattered if uh, he thought Mark Miller was stealing from him to write Wolverine. Well, I, 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 he probably would feel This stealing is such a hotbed word. <laughs> no, I don't know if I see that. Um, if, if it is the in-league, it's prior to what ends up happening in the end league right. but it's hard to say because i don't remember seeing an end league issue for a while that was what i was gonna say i was gonna say i don't think yeah. there's a, i think there's a whole you know like what's the end league i forgot about that book um you know because there hasn't uh, been an issue in months but um uh but yeah but eric Kennedy is coming apparently there's it's a refocus on the end league and it's a similar it's a it's a, it's a similar theme but i think it's different the, the I, post-apocalyptic here's Bob and beaten by the villains is a very tried and true story i mean it's not like yeah uh, it's not there new. are others yeah you know, that, that have been done will be done and right will be done again and again this and all again. happened before <laughs> what, yes what all is, happening again what is the end league i forgot what is it i'm kidding i don't know <laughs> but but i can Local say that i'm league i play in <laughs> i'm glad that eric canetti will be on because that guy is an underappreciated guy yeah, who's no, really fantastic yeah I'm, I'm actually excited for it once he gets on you know iron man enter the mandarin people that's what i'm saying to you better than anything out there hey if you want to call in it's 888 fanboys which is three two six two six nine seven. 
right. And that, folks, is a show. I'm sweating my little face off over here. <laughs> I, had to pour, I had to pour out my headphones. It's gross. I was, it was pooling. Pooling. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's gross. So go over to ifanboy.com. Uh, and check out the Pick of the Week review that Connor wrote, uh, very lovely as always, um, and more discussion about that book and all sorts of other stuff going on. There's columnists aplenty. Uh, you know, we've got a bunch of guys writing great, fantastic stuff, um, and there's a lot of work going into it, so make sure you check it out. It's definitely worth your time. That's uh, ifanboy.com. And if you go to ifanboy.com and you're in the mood to buy stuff, you can go to ifanboy.com slash store, and you can see the books we talk about in the weekly video show as well as our, our personal picks. And if you want to shop at Amazon, you can go through there and, and help us out. It doesn't cost you a penny, but click on the link and go to Amazon, and we would appreciate it. You were going to buy that stuff through Amazon anyway. Yeah, totally. So um, if you don't know, you need to know that we do a video show called iFanboy that comes out Every Wednesday, the, the long version of the show comes out every Wednesday. This past Wednesday, uh, we had the first part of our huge San Diego Comic-Con extravaganza with Joe Quesada, Nicola Scott, uh, Grant Morrison, um, Jeff Parker, just so many names, everybody you'd want to see from San Diego. But we're not going to stop there. Part 2 comes out next week, next Wednesday, with, um, with who's in Part 2? I don't even remember. Uh, Tim Sale. and uh, Diggle. Danny Diggle. Uh, yes. Baker. Uh, Ed Brubaker. Uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, dude... There's no other comic book video show that covers San Diego as well as we did. You, we all, you, you know you. it. We know it. You know it. Tell your friends. It's the best San Diego coverage out there. I, I, true. I, my, my word is, uh, is on that. So um, I've, I've seen some others, and I believe you're correct. Yes. And, uh, uh, the show will definitely be coming out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rude. <laughs> you know what? Um, I wouldn't say anything because it barely made it this week. That's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, probably going to be coming out on time. <laughs> so definitely go to ifanboy.com or go to revision3.com forward slash ifanboy to check it out. Uh, but that's not all you can check out when, if you like the video. Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturdays, iFanboy Mini is the short one to four minute comic book bite of video goodness that comes out. We did a bunch of them from San Diego. You can go back and check those out. But otherwise, you can check out our, our almost daily little video musings on comic books to see iFanboy Mini. And if you, if you like San Diego, there was a ton of San Diego content uh, in the minis from the past couple of days, um, past couple of weeks. Um, definitely check them out. Our, our sit down, Stan Lee came out. So you're going to want to make, sh- make sure you watch them all. Uh, shirts. Yeah, well, that's how we knew people in San Diego because they wore the shirts. Yeah. L- listen, I'll be honest with you. We're friendlier if you wear the shirt. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, <laughs> we've kicked guys who weren't wearing the shirts. We're like, oh no, sorry. But other guys who were wearing the shirts were buying them drinks, rubbing their backs. It was it was great. Uh, you can get those at jinx.com slash ifanboy. Uh, I'd say send in a picture of yourself wearing the shirt, but it doesn't matter. We know. It's fine. We'll come out where you are. We'll serve you drinks. So. Um, wow, so really? Care? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. wear my shirt. Um, so you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys at one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Any questions or comments or anything you might have? Oh, me. Social networks at <laughs> ifanboy.com slash about. <laughs> MySpace.com, Comic Space Verb, Facebook group, Twitter.com slash ifanboy. Twitter.com slash ifanboy. Twitter.com slash ronxo. Twitter.com slash CS Kilpatrick. Twitter.com JA Flanagan. Twitter's the place to be for comic fans these days. So. It certainly is. I'm going to be doing an update again. Yeah, totally. It's it's boomed. So I I I I take the I take the the credit. Sure, I think you, sure you do. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, if if uh, you like the show, 
uh, any of the shows, uh, get over to iTunes and please leave a review. That's a really good way to help us out. Um, or if you don't like it, leave a review that you want to leave. That's fine. But if you know you left one for the audio show, don't don't forget about the video shows. We put a lot of work into that too. You know. So do that. Uh, even better than that, uh, if you, you think there's anybody you know who would like this and doesn't know that this kind of content exists just for them and that it's free and that it's easy, tell people about it. That's the best way to, to get things out there. And a lot of people don't know, so, so help us out that way. Definitely. Please. And if you also want to help us out directly, you can, e- uh, you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash donations uh, where you can use PayPal to, uh, donate, to uh, donate to our organization, help us out, help us uh, keep making this great comic content for you and keep uh, giving you up the comics discussion and community that you know you need, that you know you want. I, also, I need drugs. No drugs for you. We totally oh, sorry. Josh, we talked about this. We talked we talk about it. If I can't have lap dances, you can't have drugs. The intervention <laughs> wasn't cheap, okay? It's going to stick this time. Yeah. <laughs> Lap dances are okay though. Lap boobs are all right. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is you know this is not fair. I should be able to get my my narcotics. Red tops, red tops. <laughs> so, um, so we hope you enjoyed this week's show. We ran a little long, but uh, I think it was worth it. You uh, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I got bunk on the brain. <laughs> Until you got them WMDs. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Ron. You motherfucker! I'm Ron. Indeed. <laughs> I'm Connor. Yeah, do tell. I'm Josh. Indeed. <laughs> That's the best Omar I can do. <laughs> Fall to fly